All right, this episode of Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie.ag is now offering 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code SGP to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for $1 million top cash prize. That's promo code SGP to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. BetQL, we're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, NHL, and MLB all back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co, promo code SGP20. And we're also brought to you by Ace Perhead. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. And finally, listen, don't forget to sign up for the free roll football contest where we're giving away up to 5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up today for free at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. All right, welcome everybody back to the Sports Gambling Podcast, Golf Gambling Podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Boston Capital Clifford with always Steve, the God of Golf, Shermer. What's going on, Steve? You ready for this week, man? I am, Capper. I mean, it's going to be a good weekend. Wait, hold on a second. Did DJ just make another birdie? I think he did. I think oh, he, man. I think he did. What? Think rolling. <laughs> that was wild last week. I mean, it was it, it was amazing to watch, right? Like, it's it's something just to be like, you never know when you're going to see this again. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, you can see what it was uh Spieth and then um, L's right. Like 31 and 30. Like you never see this shit. I mean, that's just like greatness to watch. It, it doesn't make for exciting golf on the weekend. Right. But I mean, what a beautiful thing. I mean, the good was just destroying that course in this competition. It was unbelievable. I mean, like, and, and, and think back to his last like about a month and a half or so. I mean, so he first won the travelers and he, he played pretty well there. Then he shot three rounds in the eighties and then came all the way back. And then he finished what second in the PGA. Yeah. And then last week, I mean, he was just on fire and it wasn't even like he bombed and gouged the golf course. It was all his irons. Like he wasn't even hitting driver a lot, a lot of holes. It was just, you know, iron off the tee or three wood. But I mean, when you gain like, 15 strokes off the team with your approach shots and then putt gain like a stroke per round with your putter. Like you're, you're going to win a tournament and, and it's just, it's not unbelievable. Just, not just win field. a tournament, destroy a tournament. I mean, he yeah. won by 11 strokes. That is ridiculous. It, it, it really is. And I, it, yeah, so it, it's him. I think he missed uh, the low score under par by a stroke to else at the, yeah, back, I at Cuba, yeah. And then overall score, I think JT had like, uh, 253 at the Sony a couple of years ago. That was a par 70. Right. So, but overall, I mean, that was just that I was mean, a that was, it was a great performance. And I think you had DJ. Uh, I did. In the tournament. 
I did. I did that pretty day. And he was the only thing that kept my fucking DraftKings alive. <laughs> him and uh, him and Cam Davis. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Thanks to the rest of them. But wait, listen, cashing's cashing, and I'll take it. Uh, and yeah, listen, DJ was uh, was a good pick. Uh, I, I wish I was right on my Bryson call as well, but maybe I should have listened to you on that one. Uh, and maybe I could have cashed a hell of a lot more in DK because I had a bunch of DJ uh, DJ Brooks lineups, and uh, I really wish I did not. <laughs> mm, yeah, Bryson really ruined it for you, didn't they? He did. He uh, he did exactly what you said. Like he just, uh, he, no, he's just, I thought it was gross. I was, like, I, I, but it's, it's, what was nice is I was able to like take him off of my starboard. You know what I mean? When you're watching on the tour, to, I have all my guys up and I'm like, yeah, I'll just go ahead and unstar you Friday morning. We're good. I'm not even going to watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like the stats don't lie sometimes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Listen, and, and listen, I do appreciate stats. I know I break your balls about stat nerd, but I mean, look, that's the only way you can really make decisions. I, I like to use stats along with my gut. I just wish my gut was smarter sometimes. That's all. <laughs> That's all right. We weren't alone. Hey, I didn't trust my gut after I recommended in the Slack channel. Hey, you should probably pick DJ. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. So, so, th- so that's a, that's a reason why you guys should join the Slack channel. So, for free, what I will do after Thursday and Friday, I'll look at all the strokes gain data, and I'll take a look at what you know the recent trends are, and I'll tell you, you know, hey, this guy got pretty lucky today. He's probably going to fade, or this guy's going to come on. And after Thursday, one of the guys I highlighted was Dustin Johnson, and he was sitting there twenty to one. So I could have rectified my mistake of not betting him pre-tournament by taking my own advice, but I'm a moron at the end of the day and I didn't end up doing it. So I missed out on all the fun while everybody cashed DJ uh, tickets by the end of Saturday. So you're welcome. Yeah, for real. It really was by the end of Saturday. There was no drama left. It was just, you know, how, how much is he going to get? Is he going to beat Al's? And that was the same thing on, on Friday. It was like, Holy shit. Is he going to go? Is he going to get to 58? Like, cause he really looked like he was going to get to 58 on Friday. Like that front nine was fucking ridiculous. And it was like, he's going to get there. Now nah, I never got there, but I mean, it was still a beautiful thing. Um, it was good. All right. So, um, I saw you kicking around some stuff on the Slack channel about uh top five as far as uh T to green. Yeah. So I was crunching stats, you know, just, it's my Monday morning ritual habit to just put in the recent strokes gain data. And I noticed something as far as, you know, I, what I like to look at, I like to look at short term trends for ball striking. Cause that kind of helps who's like Ryan hot and the list of guys who had the top five in T to green, which is probably the most important stat. Most people reference when they talk about ball striking, it was really surprising. It was on this list. So I put out there in the Slack channel, just in general, who do you think is in the top five over everyone's last about four tournaments. You know, sometimes there's a guy who missed a cut, but I generally try and piece together between 14 and 16 rounds because generally that captures, you know, the last four tournaments. So I'm going to pose the question to you. If you had to pick the top five guys who've gained the most strokes T to green per round, who do you think it is? All right. So, I mean, just based off this weekend, DJ has to be in it. Like, I would assume he would have to be in it. Maybe I'm fucking wrong. Uh, and then somehow, uh, I think Berger. We talked about him last week. I just can never get excited about the guy, but he does his job. I think Berger did it, and then maybe Scotty Scheffler. He's been really good. Uh, Morikawa. I think Kiz has been lights out. So I was thinking Kiz as well. So how many did I get right? You went one for five. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I wanted to bring this up because it was really surprising. So. Number five is Xander Shoffley, which really, I mean, it's not really much of a, you know, a surprise because he's pretty efficient. T to greens really good off the tee. So um, I'm not surprised there. Justin Thomas, number four, again, a ball striking machine, not really surprised. The next three were pretty surprising. So number three, Ryan Palmer is on this list. 
And I look back in his last four tournaments, he's actually playing really good. It's, it's been ever since uh, the moral where he came in second. He had a good PGA championship too. Uh, he played well last week. So the guy's kind of killing it so far. Number two and rest in peace, sir. Siwoo Kim. Your <laughs> Which is it's, it's too bad that he had such a bad Sunday because not only did he ruin a matchup problem because Louie didn't play well on Sunday. Siwoo also didn't play well, but he didn't do enough to advance to the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is too bad because he is on fire right now. So rest in peace, sir. And number one, you got it right. It's Scotty Scheffler. The guy okay. is killing it right now in, in every category too. off the tee approach game. Yeah. And he was a type of guy who was struggling with his scrambling and putting like in the early season, he's kind of shored that up too. like, I mean, this guy is on fire right now. So he carries a ton of momentum, even though he didn't, he w- couldn't really uh, close the job last week. He's got a ton of momentum rolling into this week. Yeah. That's uh that's, that is pretty fucking crazy. Poor Sebo. Um, but, uh, and that's crazy that DJ's that like that type of dominating performance didn't even sneak him into the top five. Well, it's because I think I have, um, a couple of those Memorial rounds still, uh, yeah, still in there. I lost but a lot of, I lost he, a lot of money those weekends. Yeah. He was number six though. <laughs> okay. So, well, he, so th- right that there. one performance can really kind of skew you, especially when it's, it's that short of a sample size, but dude, that's wild, man. That's uh. All right. Well, listen, I love, I love Palmer this week for a little uh, part of the DFS preview. So that's uh that's good news for me. I like that man. Good stuff. All right. Well, listen, um, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and break down the course. Uh, and uh, from there, we're going to jump into what we normally do. Beat up, uh, beat up the tears, uh, give our picks and uh, yeah, that's it, man. Let's go. All right. Well, we are going to Olympia fields uh, in Chicago this week. Uh, we are going to be playing the North course and it's actually a course. We haven't seen in a while. Uh, it's hosted four major championships throughout the years, but it's the last time we saw it on the men's professional circuit was in 2003 when Jim Furyk won the U S open there. But since then we haven't seen anybody there. Now there's been a couple of amateur events there. Uh, they held the 2015 U.S. amateur there, won by Bryson DeChambeau. That's probably been battered bad a lot this around this week. They also host the uh, Illini Invitational, basically the University of Illinois uh, hosts a golf tournament. Uh, it's a pretty big amateur tournament. There's a lot of guys in this field that have done well there. Uh, Matthew Wolf won there in 2018. Uh, Kyle Morikawa finished second there uh, in 2018, and then Cam Champ actually won the tournament in 2016. So uh, I think John Rahm's played well there. Scotty Scheffler's played well in that tournament. It's it's a big amateur event, so uh, I think a couple guys this weekend batter bat around like you know who in this field has actually done there because there isn't really any course history to draw upon. So it's it's kind of tough, but um, you know I don't really remember a lot of the 2003 U.S. Open, so I was really excited to dig into the golf course and kind of explore around on Google Maps. And actually, I was really impressed by the golf course. You know, when I first looked at it, it kind of looked like you know your typical you know Parklands golf course, maybe back and forth. But the layout's actually really cool. Uh, it was designed by a guy named Willie Park Jr. He's a two-time Open champion. Uh, he's a Scottish guy, uh, so a lot of his design features are basically you know revolve around classic Scottish golf, and that's really what we have here. Um, you know, you got some small greens, you got some tight fairways. There's some pretty good elevation changes too. There's some, you know, either elevated tee boxes or some elevated greens. Uh, the bunkers are pretty well placed too. And as far as like the layout of both nines, it's a classic out to in uh, style. So around the middle of your front nine, you're at the far, about the far North end of the property. And then you work your way back to the clubhouse, which by the way, the clubhouse is beautiful. You're going to see a lot of that on the telecast this week. And then the back nine, you work all, pretty much all the way to the east side 
of the far edge of the property and work your way back. I kind of like golf courses like that because sometimes you get a little bit of army golf back and forth. Um, if I had one nit about the golf course, it's probably with the greens. They did a, a restoration there back in 2006, but it wasn't really to, it was more to like restore the turf there. Cause it was kind of in pretty bad playing condition, but I can kind of tell that I think some, the greens have kind of shrunk over the years because with the mowing lines, cause there's deep rough around every green. If you don't mow it properly, it tends to collapse into the center. And when that happens, sometimes you lose some really good pin positions. You kind of lose a little bit of, you know, the nuances and creativity about like some of the surrounds of the green. So the greens are a little boring. They're a little flat. Um, I think it might be kind of hard to give the guys some tricky pin positions this week. And I kind of expect the PGA tour to have its thumb on the scale just because I think they want a lot of birdies because they want to show on the telecast guys make birdies. So they move up the FedEx cup standings. So um, I think the winning score in 2003 was minus eight. I think it's going to be well into the double digits under par. I don't think this golf course is going to be too tough this week. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I've been hearing too. Right. So the, it came out earlier in the week that um, the rough might be four inches plus. So maybe they're trying the second cut, obviously not the first, right. But um, they're trying to make it a little more uh, difficult on that. And I, and you brought up an interesting point that I, I had a question about. So like you said, the greens are kind of small, right? So it, how important is it going to be to hit that, hit that green? Right. I mean, are you going to have to scramble around there? I mean, is it, is it, is it gettable from around if you miss the green since they're so small? So some guys actually prefer, even if it's like really thick, rough around the green, it kind of levels the playing field as far as scrambling, just because, you know, it's pretty easy to take a wedge and just pop it out. And if the green is kind of, well, yes, <laughs> but if the greens are kind of flat, like they are, there's not a whole lot of undulation. I mean, if it's from back to front, so you want to make sure you're below the hole at all times, but uh, it's not like last week where some of these balls, if you miss the green, they go in really weird places. Cause it's mostly kind of mowed down and the ball can run here. If you miss a green, it's going to stay. Um, now it's definitely going to put a premium iron play just because like Obviously, if you're missing greens, you can make a whole lot of birdies. Um, but overall, I, I think last week I definitely put scrambling on the back burner. This week I am gonna definitely put it on my radar, at least as a tiebreaker. You know, I mean, it's 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 going to be important to see a guy if because people are going to miss greens. I want to make sure they at least get up and down for par. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so you're talking about uh, basically you kind of put scramble on the back burner last week. What's the model build look like this week? Well, I mean, I think a lot of like overall similar things I'm looking for from last week are going to apply to this week, just because, you know, ball striking is something that carries over week to week. Last week, I was very heavy on ball striking. It was a little more of a balance between, you know, there wasn't really a whole edge between driving distance, driving accuracy. I placed a big premium iron play. I'm going to do that again this week. One thing I will do though, and it's funny you mentioned that they're going to grow up the rough possibly four inches. People sometimes think that favors more accurate players. It really doesn't. It's really just going to favor a bomber just because they have such a better, easier time getting a wedge underneath the, underneath the ball to get on the green and just where some of the bunkers are on the golf course, they're set up right in about the landing zone of a shorter hitter. So it takes, you know, on most of the bunkers about a drive of about 290 yards to carry them. So a shorter guy. Yeah. Well, (laughs) not for us, but for a bomber, they're basically taking all that out of play. play, Right. Yep. And and it's a lot more like above. It kind of looks like tree line, but it's really more wide open than you think. So I think driving distance is definitely going to have a big edge this week, which is kind of too bad. I mean, one of the things I liked about last week was 
the top of the Libra was pretty diverse. You had some yeah, bombers, well. you had some short hitters, you had some guys who were pretty all, you know, all around pretty good. I think this is going to eliminate at least 50 guys this week and really shorten the field of like, who's actually going to win now. I mean, if a guy has a really good accurate driving week, um, you know, he could do pretty well. You know, I, I, I look at this golf course too. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Medina last year. It's basically, you know, they looked very similar. They both have, you know, pretty narrow fairways, small greens. Um, so I think if you, if you want to look at what worked last year and build a model off that, you know, you ha- right at the top, you had your premium ball strikers. Justin Thomas did well. Hideki Matsuyama did well. Cantley did well. Finau did well. All these guys have a pretty good, they're above average in length and they're really good iron players. So, and with the FedEx cup playoffs, you kind of notice year after year that with a lot of money on the line, these guys really focus and you kind of tend to see a lot of the same guys week to week, right at the same place. So if you don't really want to overcomplicate and just focus on your ball striking stats and recent trends, I, you'll probably be okay. Okay, cool. All right. Well, listen, uh, before we get into any type of D, uh, you know, DK breakdown and DFS strategy or anything like that, uh, look, it's summertime. And at my bookie, that only means one thing it's winning season, baby. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivors, and more. And at my bookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. It's simple make your picks, win big, and collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Uh, select from hundreds of future, hundreds of future bets, and you can make bets in real time with my bookies, live betting, put that big brain of yours to good use and promote use promo code SGP and double your first deposit. New players up to get, get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and games. You already bet thousands of cross sports, wages, props, and pilates await sign up now and bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. All right. So as far as like DFS goes this week with, uh, with the short, obviously no cut event, there's only 70 guys. Um, you know, we've talked about it. Like I don't do cash. Um, that's why I certainly wouldn't do cash this week, but as far as like GPPs go, I mean, I would be looking at, unless you're rolling out, you know, the 150 lineups and you have a huge bankroll. I'd be looking definitely be looking at the single and three entry tournaments, you know what I mean? And, and try to make your stands that way just because I feel like there's going to be so many dupes. There's only so many ways you can go and, you know, we'll get to the tiers, but I mean, I feel like you have to make your stand 10 K and above and kind of go all in on, on one player and kind of the same thing in the eights as well. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of look at this board and there was, I mean, primarily just because last week I felt like there was a lot more guys that could do well there. Cause I think the golf course kind of promoted a lot of different strategies here because I think it favors a certain type of player that, I mean, I I'm finding myself kind of liking less and less guys. So the pool of players I really like is definitely limited. I think overall, I think, I think a stars and scrub strategy is probably going to work this week just because I know that a golf course like this, that basically is a simple test of execution where everything's really right on front of you. Usually the cream rises to the top. So I know that the premium players are going to be on top there. And then I'm going to, there's a couple boomer bus guys, mostly because they're a little bit longer hitters in the $7,000 range. I feel like I can squeeze in there. Um, but overall, I think, I think you're right. I think as far as like, I think last week you could definitely throw in a lot of lineups because there's a lot of guys, you, you know, a lot of ways you can be creative with lineup this week. I think you probably want to target, you know, your core players and maybe, yep. you know, kind of settle on maybe like, um, you know, uh, contests where there's not as many entries. Right. Absolutely. And, and so, especially you definitely want to find that core. Um, and then you got to think too, as far as like placement points go, um, 
Listen, you want to score. I don't give a shit if he's in the 6,000s or the 7,000s. The difference in points when no one's missing the cut, they got four rounds. You want to score in there. You want somebody who can make birdies and eagles. I don't give a shit if he trades them off with bogeys or not. I need somebody who can score. So I don't care if you come in 30th or 69th now that Webb withdrew. We didn't even talk about, by the way. I'm assuming anybody who's listening to this already knows Webb's out. Um, but you know what I mean? Like the placement points are so different. You need a score in there. So I feel like, especially in those lower tiers, um, you, you definitely need to go ahead and, and, and target guys who can make birdies, make Eagles and, and put some points up in DK for you. Um, it's it's uh, and then as well, I mean, I don't know what you think about this. Uh, somebody brought it up. I think it might've been the, the, uh, the fantasy degenerates podcast as far as, or I don't remember who it was. It might've been them uh, as far as like uh, how much people can move up. And it seems like maybe 17 spots is most is the most you can move up. So those guys inside that 17, you, like you said, you know, they want money. They want to be able to move on. They want to be able to do that. So, you know, if maybe some of those guys don't come out firing on fire uh, on Thursday and Friday, are they just going to, you know, mail it in on Saturday? So maybe we can touch on showdown at the end or something like that, that that might be a good strategy to go on and we can do that in the slack uh, later on. But Let's go ahead and get to those tiers, baby. 10,000 and above. We can, like I said, we can go ahead and eliminate Webb Simpson. So we got DJ, Rom, JT, uh, Bryson, and Rory. Um, who is your favorite out of there? And uh, who who's your fade? I mean, do you like multiple players out of here? I mean, I, I definitely like multiple players just because all of these guys now are your typical. Well, I mean, Justin Thomas is as long as the other guys, but most of them are your typical bombers. So, yeah, I mean, DJ you know, he, you're definitely going to see him use the driver more this week. John Rahm is a great guy to use, you know, in a bomber course, Bryson obviously is the best bomber of them all. And then Rory down there. I mean, like it's, I think I'll touch about on him in a little bit, but I mean, it, it, there's definitely some upside with him there. Um, I mean, right at the top, it, it's funny. Cause I think DJ and John Rahm were the two lowest guys in the $10,000 ranges uh, last week. They were. Now they moved all the way to the top obvious for, for DJ. You know, we know what happened. It's totally warranted why he's 11,500 bucks. I mean, I would not chase the stats on him just because what he did last week was ungodly. And even for me, the guy who says ball striking is sustainable, <laughs> it's not sustainable what he did. He's not gaining, I, what was it, like four 15, strokes? Right? Total. Yeah. Yeah. 15 strokes total with, you know, off the yeah. team. But, you know, I mean, I, if he comes in engaged this week, I, I mean, there's no reason to think he won't do well. One of the things I'm a little worried about is I think he's pretty much locked up for either the top three spots for next week. And I don't know how, I don't know how any of these fucking points work in this stupid thing. I have no idea. I rely on the terrible golf coverage to, uh, <laughs> to, to try to, uh, to try to educate me on that. Meanwhile, I'd rather just go on Twitter and try to find somebody who can break it down a little easier for me. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely, uh, was it's worth probably what 3000 points this week for first or something like that. I, I think, I, I, I think knows. it's two, th I think it's like 2000 or 1500 or something, yeah. but regardless, regardless, I mean, I think like fourth place is only worth like 400 points and he's, yeah. he's ahead of. I think sixth place. So I was looking at this earlier because I was trying to figure out like where in the price and where people could go. Right. Um, I think he's ahead by like 500 points over Daniel Berger or something. So unless Berger wins or comes in like second, he's probably not going to leapfrog by anybody. So who knows if he's really going to be engaged? We kind of see like when he checks out. You know, he just goes on cruise control. We talked about it last week. Yeah. Remember, we right. talked about right, right, that, that. That was the biggest thing. It was like, listen, he'll be in contention, and then on Sunday, it just seems like he doesn't give a fuck, right? I mean, that was that was my complaint about him last week. I still played him because I love DJ, but I mean, that's what you have to worry about with him. I mean, that's just what it is. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I, so I, I get not wanting to chase it, but DJ seems to ride hot streaks, right? And then, especially in the FedEx Cup playoffs, you see guys come in 
on a heater and just run away with the thing. Right. Yeah. So. I'm not, I'm not saying don't use them. I'm just saying don't expect the ball trading you saw last week. I mean, the price is definitely a lot higher this week. So depending on how, you know, some of the guys you like down below, maybe the nine thousand, eight thousand dollar range. It's a tough EJ, build, with him, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tough build. It might, it might be tougher. Plus, I mean, like all of these guys are pretty similar as far as their attributes. Now they might not be playing like that, yeah. but they're pretty similar, and they're the prototypical type of what you want to target this week. So, I mean, keep going, keep, you know, keep going down the line here. I've seen John Rom's name float around a lot. And and I came into this week really liking him a lot, but then I saw his pricing and I saw the $11,000 price tag and he's even like under 10 to one for to win the tournament. And I see he's really popular overall. And I, I mean, I, I, I last, last week I thought of him as pretty safe, but the more I think about it, the more I dig into the stats, I don't know how safe that floor is just because he's doing it all off the tee and really his week to week um, performance is really dictated by his putting. Now last week he gained over a stroke per round putting the iron play just isn't there. He's kind of about two or average over his last four tournaments and over and overall all year, he just hasn't been that good. So, I mean, I still like him. I think in a cash, you know, lineup, I think he's still perfectly fine. He gives you a little bit of a discount from DJ, but still has that high upside to at least, you know, and that safe floor. But I don't know. I mean, I have a little bit of hesitation just because it, I'm a little worried if that putter goes away this week and maybe he's a little squirrely off the tee. It could go away. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I was, I was, you know, like Monday, I'm like constantly refreshing my phone waiting for uh, pricing to come out. <laughs> um, and, and I was, uh, I was disappointed when he was the second highest priced at 11 K I'm with you. Like, I don't think he, but once again, uh, you know, we talked about last week where we overthinking and just kind of looking over the, you know, when he was the number one player in the world, like he's a solid player and he finds a way to get it done. Uh, but I, I like JT better. He's 200 cheaper. Um, and that's a guy who can come out go low. So this just seems like a course for him. Uh, he seems like he's starting to go. He just couldn't make any friggin' pots last week, man. Yeah. I mean, the ball striking wasn't that great either. I think he only gained about 0.8 strokes per round ball striking, which for him is very low. I think usually he's around like one and a half per round. So um, I think he has the highest floor of everybody just because I know the ball striking is going to be there. And it really just comes down to if he can putt or not. The problem is he's lost strokes putting in three straight. And I mean, it's, it's not going well for him right now. So I, I mean, I was, I was pretty bullish on him last week. It, it definitely disappointed me. I'm a little, I mean, I, I'm not sure where his ownership is going to be. I think it's going to be, it looks like, it looks like sub 10 right now. Sub 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, then maybe in a GPP so, you want to play him then. And that's kind of the same reason when I was looking at DJ last week, it was like, all right, who's the ball. Who's like, who's the stud. Who's going to have lower ownership. Where can you pivot? Like, I mean, if he hits, he hits. If you lose, you lose. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, I, I love JT at that, that type of ownership. I don't like him when he's chalky, uh, mm -hmm. but I love JT at that type. Um, so you're, you're kind of, Nah. With I mean, I, I mean, I, I like him for an outright win just because I know the ceiling, right? I'm just saying I, I, I you kind of hit on something last week and I kind of just blew through it, but he is pretty squirrely off the tee. Oh yeah. He I, and, and he's not as long as all these other guys. No, he's, about so he, he's like, he's like, I think he's like, uh, is he the 15th or something like that? Or I think he's like 30th on tour. Is it 30th? Right? Okay. So maybe it's the 30th. Maybe I had him back, uh, back and forth. Like, yeah, yeah which I mean, it's, it's plenty long enough, but it's not DeShambo long. It's not Rory long. It's not DJ long. Like he's still going to have to worry about some of these bunkers off the tee here. So, and it, he's not really hitting it straight a whole lot, but you know, he's been recovering pretty well. His iron play. I still think he's a good cash play. If his ownership is as low as you say it is, I think he definitely, definitely use him GPP because oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, like he's fourteen to one to win the tournament. I think he can obviously win just because of his ceiling. But I mean, I'm not as crazy about him as I was last week. Right, fair enough. And then so obviously on to Bryson, who uh, did exactly what you said he would do uh, last week. So go ahead and please predict what he will do this week for everyone, so we know what to do. Well, let me look at my crystal ball here. <laughs> Come on, baby. And, here, and here's what I see. I see mediocre iron play again. Okay. But what I do see is I think he's going to actually have positive regression with this putting. Well, now I talked about not to it. Uh, uh, how many he lost okay, last week. Good God. We <laughs> lost five shows total in the over course, two rounds. So yeah. now I was at the point where last week I said the putting is unsustainable. is going to be a bad putting week, but right. now it's swung the other way where it has to go up. So yeah. I think that's going to rebound this week. You know, I, I think maybe the, maybe the key with Bryson, when you want to look at them is like when the greens are kind of undulated and tricky, like they were last week at TV Boston, like, like if you looked in the telecast, like some of the pin placements were pretty easy positions, easy to get at them. But like, once you're on the green, if you weren't anywhere near the pin, those were tough putts. Uh-huh. Like there were some big brace or some like humps over. You had to go over. So Oh yeah, those like those like those a couple uh, places that look like bowls and one that looked like a plate. Like it was ridiculous. So I was like, right. all right, yeah, yeah. But but this week, I don't think the greens are all that tough. And they're you know, they're kind of flat. There's not a really a whole lot of tough pin places you can give. And if he misses a green, it's going to be pretty easy for him to pop it up at least make par there. And I mean, he was okay by his standards off the tee. So. Yeah, I see this golf course though. He can definitely bomb and gouge it. I mean, none of the fairway bunkers are going to be in play for him. He's going to have a pretty short wedge, you know, and even he may have to hack out of the rough there. Um, you know, just because well, he's big enough, he can hack out a fucking 12 inch rough, not even four inch rough. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the greens are smaller. So everybody's gonna be missing their fair share of greens. He's not gonna be behind the eight ball as much as he was last week. So, and I, I mean, I think his performance last week kind of turned off a lot of people. I know that, you know, he might get some popularity just because, Oh, he won the 2015 amateur, but I mean, none of the reason why I like him this week is because of that. I just think he's going to have a really huge week off the tee because he has a giant advantage. And I think the putting is going to come back and I don't think he has to lean on his irons like he did last week. Okay. Look, look, I, I, I'm, I'm back in on Bryson. And like I said, last week, I'm not even a Bryson guy, but I feel like he's not going to get that ownership. He's going to be sitting. So I mean, he's 500 more than Webb. Now that he moved out, I don't, pe- I don't feel like people aren't going to pivot to him. And he was projecting the same thing, you know, somewhere between like 12 and 9%. Like that's fine. Like, give me some of that. I just don't want 20%. Bryson, right? So, uh, so Rory's the last one. Uh, he's my fade. Uh, I know, his, I know he's been terrible with the driver, which clearly should come back. And his putting has been terrible, uh, dude. I feel like everything has been terrible with him, and I just don't know. I don't know what justifies other than he's Rory to back him. I mean, you just kind of got to hope that what the driver regresses to the mean, and everything else kind of figures itself out. Well, I mean, you hit on exactly that. I don't really know what's going on with him ever since the restart. It's been really flat and it's surprising because before the COVID break, he was probably the best bet on the board. Just finished top 10. He was ripping off top tens every week and you had to pay like crazy juice on it too. Yeah. And you'd lay it and you'd win. Um, last week really came to a head. I mean, we, he already was really struggling with the putting and that was really terrible. And then off the tee, he was getting in a lot of trouble, and that was uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically bad. If you want to find some silver lining, I'm gonna try and make a case for Rory GPP. Right. This was this was his best performance with his irons since the restart, and it wasn't like he had like maybe two huge rounds and then like a really bad round and then like kind of mediocre round. Every single round was consistently solid. I think his lowest strokes gain 
in a round for with his irons was 0.8, which is really good. And he gained 1.3 overall per round in the tournament. So, I mean, th- this week he, he said that he's going to test some more drivers, which isn't really encouraging, but you know, I mean, if there is a guy who can just turn on with his driver, it is Rory. And I mean, he used, he, he used Nike for God's sake. So, I mean, he can do anything, right? Yeah. Him and Tiger <laughs> use inferior equipment all those years. Exactly. <laughs> so if he can turn around off the team, if you figure out something with his driver, he can get there. I think the fact that I saw four straight consistent round with his irons means I think he's found something there. And then it's going to come down to his putting. Now, I don't know. It's been so bad, but you know me, I don't, I tend to try and fade bad putting weeks and ride or fade good putting weeks and ride bad putting weeks. You know, just, it's going to come back. So I think he's going to have low ownership in GPP. It can't get any lower. So I would, I would have a tendency to agree with you, but listen, I mean, I heard Mayo talking about him. I heard uh, the guy he has on, whatever his name is, Ben Raza. And uh, I heard somebody else talking about him. And I'm like, I feel like he's one of those guys that everybody thinks that they're going to be off. So they're going to move on to him. So I don't know. I mean, look, I, I mean, uh, look, you can subscribe to whatever you want to subscribe to. Uh, we don't uh, have their sponsorship and go check the ownership on Wednesday nights and, and make your GPP play at that point um, based on ownership. I don't think he's going to be that low owned. I, I mean, are, are they, are they just saying it just to like trying to be like edgy, like kind of like I am right now on contrarian. Like, <laughs> Maybe do think, I don't fucking know. Like, do, you think, <laughs> Maybe. Do, you th- do you think their <laughs> listeners are really going to buy that? Or are they going to say like, Hey, Xander is 9,900. I'm just going to pivot to him. Yeah, maybe. I mean, everybody likes to play fucking Xander too, and we'll talk about him in a minute. So, uh, listen, we we beat the shit out of those 10K tiers or the 10K tier. Um, so, my favorite plays out of them is JT and Bryson, and I'm gonna fade Rory. I, I just I, until I see it. it plus, look, once again, he's Northern Irish. I'm an Irish Catholic. This is the way it goes. I'm I'm, uh, I'm fading him. All right. So, what about you? Who are you taking in that? I mean, I, I, I really am bullish on Bryson this week. I, I think he's going to bounce back in a big way. And I mean, I, I like JT this week. I'm not, I'm not as crazy about him as last week, but in a cash format, I, I just know the ball striking is going to be there. I think at some point he has to have a good putting week. So I'm, I'm, I hope it's this week. All right, cool. All right. Well, listen, before we get to the nine K tiers, uh, Hey, it's me, Boston Capper telling you that there's 100 million reasons why you should listen up. DraftKings is the leader in one day. Fantasy sports is celebrating the return of sports by giving them way up to $100 million in prizes to all their customers, including one lucky winner. who will take on $1 million cash prize to claim your share of the 100 million in instant giveaways. All you have to do is download the app and sign up using promo code SGP. Then enter enter DraftKings free football survivor pool. Yes, it really is that easy to claim your share of 100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win a one million dollar cash prize. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everybody who signs up and enters in DraftKings free football survivor pool will receive an instant bonus of at least five dollars in value upon entering. Hey, I did this today, dude. They gave me fifty bucks, fifty DK hey, bucks. Whatever, free man. money. Free money, man. Fifty bucks. I mean, I, why not? I was like, that's going straight into some sort of random single entry. Let's go. Um, and listen, while you're in the app, don't forget to check out all the daily great fantasy contests that DraftKings is hosting for this week's basketball and golf and hockey action. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code SGP to claim your share of one hundred million dollars or one hundred million dollars in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for one million dollar cash top prize. That's promo code SGP to get your share of $100 million in prizes 
only at DraftKings. Eligibility eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, all right. So the 9K range, super short. Yeah, Xander, Berger, Morikawa, Day, Scheffler. Um, for me, the only one I'm playing in this range is, and it just might be because of my builds, but the only one I'm playing in this range is Morikawa. Um, the dude never misses cuts. He missed the cut last week. Uh, I just like him a lot. And Day seems broken. I just don't like Daniel Berger for some reason. And I feel like uh Shoffley's gonna be super chalky and everybody plays him, and there's nothing about his game that that tells me that he deserves that ninety nine hundred dollar price tag. Shaffler at nine K I like, but I, I just my builds, I'd rather take Morikawa. Well, I mean I Morikawa, and you kinda hit on this last week, he was uncharacteristically bad with his irons. Now that, I mean, that might be just because he was hung over a little bit from the PGA championship. Um, I, I mean, you gotta think he's going to bounce back at this point. Uh, I talked about last week on the Slack channel, just how there's this weird trend about how when Morikawa has a really hot putting week, he almost always loses putting the next week. Um, he didn't do that bad with his putter, but you know, there's definitely evidence to suggest that he might come back this week. Um, I think Olympia Fields kind of sets up a little bit like TPC Harding Park. He's long enough off the tee. He's not a bomber, but he's long enough that he can at least, you know, take some of those bunkers out of play. And he hits the ball straight almost every time, too. So, and you want to talk about, you know, with these small greens, like if there's going to be guys missing greens a lot. I mean, he's one of the best iron players on PGA Tour. He definitely has a huge edge and to at least put himself in a good position and make good, you know, a lot of birdies. So, um, the, the only thing I, I, I want to ask you a question about is, I've been looking at his projected ownership and it's right back. It seems like it's, it's, it's high teens to low twenties again. So uh, let me ask you a question. You have Jason day right after him. So why are we giving more a pass for a pretty bad performance when a lot of people were on him last week and we're not giving Jason day a pass just, and he had a pretty bad performance. Too. Is it just because more is the shiny new toy and Jason so. day is yeah. Yeah. He's the broken old man. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that, I mean, he's obviously not a broken old man, but I think everybody was always kind of waiting for the shoe to drop again with day. They were just waiting for a reason to get off of him, And because his iron play was so good, um, you know, up until this last week, we, and now they see it and they're like, okay, that's what was keeping him in. It's off. Like, let's just get off of them. Cause Dave was one of those guys who would go on those unconscious streaks where his irons were ridiculous. Uh, and Morikawa is a shiny new toy. Uh, I mean, the dude is young. He's charismatic. He plays great. He scores. He makes, you know what I mean? He tears apart par fives. He's good on long par fours. So he seems like he fits this course really well. And I mean, he's just, listen, he's, and I fall into it too. I call you a stat nerd, but I fall in love with that shit too. I, I'm like, this dude is a monster. Like, give me some of him. Like, don't, don't, don't let my breaking your balls fool you and not let you think that I was constantly on uh, Matsuyama as well. Okay. Uh, um, I was burned by that man as well. Uh, so I just, I just like Morikawa this week and it's just a gut call. I don't think he can be this bad again this week. And I don't like. Xander for the reasons that we already talked about and day just worries me. I feel like if once it goes for him, it's it, maybe it takes him a little longer to get back and yeah, I mean, whatever. And just my bills don't let me get to Scheffler that much um, on, on how I'm liking to build it. I mean, I could, but well, I'd rather, I'd rather take Morikawa for 500 more and grab somebody in the sixes that I like. Yeah. And that makes sense. I'm not saying I don't like Morikawa. I just, I, I mean, I, I have a long memory and <laughs> I mean, I, it's, and while I agree with you that it's very entirely possible that Jason day has just come, come crashing down to earth and he really is who we thought he was, but I also have a hard time forgetting those four tournaments too. And 
it's just, you know, the ball strike was really good. He didn't even putt that well. I was like, like, it wasn't like, like one of those tournaments where like, he just did everything scrambling and putting and it was just awful ball strike. Like kind of a little bit, of everything was bad, but I, I have a hard time just forgetting it. So I think in a GPP, it's okay to have some exposure on Jason Day because he is going to be rock bottom owned again. And pretty much all these guys in this tier, I mean, Xander's going to be highly owned. Burger is going to be highly owned. I really like Burger, but I know he's going to be highly owned. Um, even Scotty Scheffler, he's going to be highly owned too. Like, I think, I don't know if we should totally give up on Jason Day. Like, I, and, I, and I would probably not use him anywhere else, but I think in a GPP, because at the end of the day, the guy is a long hitter. He can get hot with a putter, make a lot of birdies. And we have seen some recent form of this iron. So if I, I don't hate, if anyone wants to come to me and say, Hey, I'm paying Jason day in the GPP, I think it's fine. Yeah, no, I listen. I agree with that. I mean, because like we talked about, right. There's, there's only 70 guys in here and, and you need to make a, you need to make a ownership stand somewhere. And look, if that's your guy in the Nike race, that's your guy. Like whatever. I mean, look, like up until last week, like we said, we couldn't ignore him anymore. What two weeks ago? You know what I mean? Like that was just it, three in a row, and he could come back. So, uh, I mean, I, it's not even that I'm fading anybody in this area. It's just other than Shoffley, uh, just my bills are bringing me to Colin, and that's why I want. All right, sounds good. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, I, I'm going to save Xander for the end. Um, okay. I, I I know you just have some sort of personal vendetta about Jimmy Burger. I don't know why. I don't know either. You. I have no idea. I, I don't know. They showed but, me the doll. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell where they touched me. I, I, I mean, I just don't know. It's just like it didn't work. I just. Don't I mean, like, no idea why. I mean, I continue to love Burger just because, like I mentioned last week, even if there's an area where he is has like a C game, he's so good in everywhere else that I I feel like he has a very safe floor. So I mean, he's somebody I'm still gonna like again. Um, and then with Scotty Scheffler, like, like I mentioned before, I I've heard arguments this week of, well, he doesn't have his caddy this week or, well, do you think he really stamped with the big boys? I mean, listen, I'm a numbers guy and I'm looking at his numbers and it's legit. And right. he was playing so well at the beginning of the year. I think kind of pe people got a little off track with him because he kind of scuffed a little bit towards the middle of the year. I mean, Dude is just as talented as Morikawa, as a Hovland, as a Matthew Wolf. He is right up there, and I think I think it's just the name. I think maybe I'm just bad against the name. It's so maybe. unsexy. <laughs> maybe, but like I mean, I, I think a lot of the arguments that I'm hearing about Scotty Scheffler this week is, oh well, I mean he's great, but can he like keep up with the big boys? I mean, we were making these same arguments about Colin Morikawa up until about a month ago. You're right. And, yeah, and you're absolutely right. Now. You're absolutely right. No, that's that's definitely that's definitely a good call. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, all right. Once again, I'm going to have to try to take your info and uh, get through my uh, own hot headed biases and, and maybe I'll have to work him in a little bit and uh, see what happens. Uh, all right. So the eight to the nine K range, it's a, uh, it's a fat range. Once again, I feel like this is where, you know, whatever, this is where you're going to make your money. You're going to lose your money, especially in DFS, maybe not so much outrights, but who knows? Um, I mean, there's a lot of chalky guys in here. There's guys that I don't think deserve to be in this range. I guess give me uh, give me your three favorite plays out of the uh, AK range. Well, I think I mean th there's two really probably chalky plays, but two plays I really like right off the bat. I mean Tony Finau. I'm going to give him a pass for last week just because the ball striking numbers are great. He had a really bad putter. Um, this golf course sets up really well for him. He's a long hitter off the tee. Uh, he can get hot with his you know with the iron. And I've seen winning upside putting at least in recent form. So 
you know, it, this golf course I mentioned before reminds me a little bit of Medina. He played well there last year. Uh, I think he's going to do pretty well and definitely bounce back. Even with a high ownership, I'm not really all that sensitive to it. And then Matthew Wolf. Um, so he was a huge disappointment, but it was only because of one round. And, I, and I'm going to try and make a point. And I, I kind of hate it when people try and make this argument, but it gets my point across. So I'm going to do it anyways. If you remove his round three performance, which was God awful. And the reason why he finished T 44, he would have gained a total on the field, 3.1 strokes per round that, you know, between ball striking and putting that's as good as Harris English. And if he just had that for his, you know, in round three, he would finish second. And now, I mean, we have to include where he lost six strokes, you know, T to green round three lost shot and a half on the greens. And he finished T 44 to ruin a good finish, but I'm willing to give him a pass. Um, I mean, there's a lot of positive trends with his ball striking lately that, you know, I'm going to stay on him for it. And he's a long hitter. Uh, it helps that, you know, he won at this golf course in 2018. So I know he at least has winning upside here. Um, but overall, I, I think, you know, he's going to be chalky again. I think people are on the scent as well, but I'm going to go right back to the well with him again this week. Yeah, listen, I love Finau. Uh, I mean, look, I, I feel like bad putting is kind of his thing anyway. Um, but it, listen, that could come on at any point, and I like Finau. I hope as many people don't come back because I mean, he burned a lot of people last week. He was over twenty percent. Um, so I guess talk to me uh, a little bit about Harris English. Well, I mean, so I love Harris English. I, I've been pounding. I've been being my, you know, being the drum for him for a couple weeks now. I mean, he's just, he's kind of like a little bit of a poor man's Daniel Berger. He's pretty good in pretty much every category. And last week it, it came to a head. It crescendoed and poor Harris English could not get it done because he ran to a complete buzzsaw and Dustin Johnson, but I'm worried the bomb's going to fall out. And it's, 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 it's all in his putting numbers. So they're generally pretty good as putting numbers over his last 50 rounds. He's gained 0.6 strokes per round on the greens. The, he's been even better in the short term. Over his last 16, he's gained just under a stroke per round uh, putting uh, over his last basically four tournaments. And then at TPC Boston, he gave a shot and a half per round um, uh, at, at at the tournament. Now he hasn't had a negative putting performance since the PGA Tour returned, and I, at some point he's got to be due for a bad putting week. Um, I mean, the iron play is still pretty good. He's not gained a whole lot of strokes off the tee, which is surprising because he's kind of, he's a longer hitter. I worry at some point that maybe what we saw last week with Harris English is the peak and there's nowhere to go, but down from here. So do you think it's like the poor guy was constantly hanging around and he couldn't put it together? <laughs> you know what I mean? He couldn't put four solid rounds together. He was top 20, top 20. And the, the week he finally was going to win it. DJ just went complete lights out mode and no one was going to catch him. And maybe there's a little hangover from that. Like the disappointment from that. I mean, maybe, I mean, like I, I was pretty surprised. I, I thought he was going to fall off a cliff on Sunday and he actually played pretty well. What was he like four under on the day? Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't bad. I, I mean, I was really impressed by that. It just at the end of the day, and this is kind of the criticism I've gotten from my love of Harris English. He's Harris English. Right. So at some point, I mean, like I, I still think his price point is still under price based on what he's done. I just worry. I look at the putting numbers and I just think at some point he's going to have a bad week. And I yep. worry this the week because it's, it's a letdown from, um, 
the Northern Trust. Yeah. I mean, look, that makes 100% sense. So the guys I like in this area, uh, like you said, we like Tony. Uh, I like Wolf. You already covered him. I also really like Kiz. Like once again, we kind of talked about him last week. He just seems like a really like cool dude, uh, you know, and he's going lights out right now. Um, and he's a guy who likes his money, right? I mean, he's sitting at what? 25. So he's got to have a decent week to stay in that top 30 to be able to make it to the next level to get that guaranteed non-cut payday again. Right. Yeah. I mean, he could. And I mean, I love Kisner too. He, he definitely pops in all the statistics. I just don't know if it's a good course fit for, for him just because he is shorter. Now, I mean, he's been playing pretty well at golf courses where, I mean, TPC Harding Park was kind of a bomber's paradise, but he still played pretty well there. But, you know, the Wyndham favors more accuracy. That's him. TPC Boston, pretty wide fairways. He could hit from the short grass a lot. That favored him last week as well. I mean, I love the fact that he's been so good with his irons because for a while there, I thought he was really overrated. People were like, oh, he's a great iron player. Well, he wasn't according to the stats, but now he's actually realizing that talent. And he's been so consistently good with the putting, but now let's get to the point of like, okay, dude, like at some point it's got to end like over his last, yeah, over his last 16 round, he's gained a shot and a half per round putting. That's like Bryson level. Uh, and then oh, don't say Boston. that. Don't say you said that last week and it fucked me. Don't say that. I really I like mean, this, this week, man. <laughs> don't, don't shoot the messenger here. Well, I mean, the difference is he's been consistently doing it. Like, right. I mean, it, it's been like that for the last four tournaments and it, it matches about his long-term trends. Okay. But kind of like with Harris English, it's gonna some at some point he's just not gonna have that good of a round. So, I mean, I I I still like him this week just because I'm I'm kind I'm the type of guy of like you know you gotta prove me wrong first before I'm willing to really go away from you. Um, I just I'm starting to get some red flags. All right, and then so all right, let's touch real quick on Tiger. Uh, I mean. I was really surprised with how low his ownership was last week. I feel like maybe the golf crowd's just getting Shappa. You know what I mean? Like, like, listen, we, we know when he's got it. We know when he doesn't. And I feel it's going to be the same way this week. Like I'm not putting him in anywhere at 8,600. He didn't pay off his price tag last week. There's no reason I think he's going to do it this week either. Well, do you think maybe his performance on Sunday might give some people some hope that maybe like he's going to come, you know, come so. around this week? Well, I hope so. I, mean, I, I hope so too, because I'm not buying it. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, listen, he had great ball striking around four. He gained over four strokes um, right. off the team with his pro shots. I mean, the problem is though, the putting is a disaster. His scrambling is a mess. And I think that was, that was, I think the best round he's had with off the tee since he came back and just looking at him, like he doesn't look like he's having fun out there. He, he looks lethargic. He looks slow. There's no fire in him. And just like, he looks like, his age, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, what is he, like 43 or 44. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, if you like tiger this week, what is your realistic upside with him? To me, I don't think he's, I think it's like top 20 and that's it. I was going to say top 20 here. Like, yeah. And, and look at some of the guys around him. You have three guys, you know, I mean, I'm not huge on Cantley and Patrick Reed this week, but they have top five upside. You know, they're $300 more expensive. Tony Finau is a hundred dollars more expensive than him. Top I mean, five Tony, baby. That's yeah. It. You can't you close, Ki- but it'll get you a top five. <laughs> you have Kisner and Harris English have been the most consistent golfers for the last four tournaments right below him. So like, like I, I get, he can be a GPP, you know, play, but like in a GPP, you're looking for the upside. And I just, I don't see the upside with him. No, nah, I hundred percent agree. And so I'm actually off of Louie this week, uh, just because I feel like everybody's jumping on him because, uh, they saw him on TV on Sunday uh, without a caddy, by the way, 
with his caddy went, I, I went outside to smoke a cigarette. I came back inside and his caddy was on the ground. And I was like, what the hell is happening with Louis's caddy? Well, that, that was, I, that was Shuffler's caddy. No, it was Louis's caddy. No, I thought it was Shuffler's. Louis, nah, Louis didn't play with his caddy. Wasn't it? No, it's Shuffler. So Shuffler's caddy like blew out his ankle or something. Was that what it was? I thought it was Louis. Yeah. No, he was playing with Louis. No, Louis I just told you, I just told you I was smoking a cigarette. I know. <laughs> the, um, all right. So I, mean, I don't like DJ, DJ ran away with it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, if I mean, you I'm, were still watching at the end, you're just you're just hoping for your gambling tickets to bet, you know, cash at that point. Yes, exactly. This is why we all watch, Steve. This is why people <laughs> listen to us. Okay? The, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm off of Louis. I feel like he's going to be chalky. I don't like chalky Louis. That terrifies me. So I'm I'm off Louis this week. Um, but I'm with you. Uh, I like Wolf. I like Finau. I, I, I'm fading Paul Casey because fuck Paul Casey. He's terrible. Like, uh, uh, there's no, there's no justification for 8100 other than his name's Paul Casey. What's it? Did you do so? Uh, apparently, he said that he's running on fumes right oh, now. Even better. Sweet. Yes. Lock, yeah. lock in my 100% fade of Casey. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, Paul Casey, like in my mind, could play well here just because of the type of golfer he is. But I mean, when you hear something like that, that that's not very good. Well, that's kind of the same thing that we didn't even touch on it, but the same thing that kind of worries me about Rory is he doesn't get the juice off the fans and he, and it's like, he doesn't feel it. I mean, I get it, bro. You got $500 million in the bank. You need something to get you going, I guess. Yeah, maybe it's the fans for him. Good for you. Like, yeah. uh, but that's another reason he worries me. All right. So, um, all right. So before we get into almost the dumpster dive, um, you want to get an advantage on over the, over the sports book on the NBA, NHL and MLB back in action. You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets again this season. Also, it'll show you the best bets that have been most profitable to make sure you're cashing in. BetQL has sharp data for NBA, MLB, and NHL. So if you want the inside edge on what the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. And if you live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, or West Virginia, you can claim exclusive offers from Sportsbook and use BetQL's data to make the right bets. Head over to the App Store, Google Play Store, and download BetQL. You can also head to betql.co and enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. All right, so we're not quite dumpster diving yet, but this 7K range is a gross. Um, way too many to go through. Let's just, uh, I mean, give me, even if you, if you can find two guys you like in here, talk about two guys you like in here. And, um, yeah, we'll just kind of take it from there. There's nobody to fade down here unless it's somebody super chalky you want to mention. No, I mean, I, I can definitely find two guys, but I think you're right. There's 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 not a lot to like about this tier, and I think it's just because there's a lot of guys. I mean, I never like to go with guys who don't gain a lot of strokes with their ball striking and gain most of it on and around the greens. And there's a ton of guys like this in this tier. You got your Matthew Fitzpatrick's, you got your Mackenzie Hughes's, you got your Kevin Nas, Matt Kuchar's. It's like. I mean that I think that worked last week at TBC boss. I don't think it's going to work this week, but I mean, two guys I like, which unfortunately I think you're gonna be pretty chalky, but you know, it's hard to get away from is Russell Henley, the 7,800 bucks. Um, you know, he's chalky, but for good reason, he's gained 1.4 strokes per round. This ball striking over his last 14 rounds. Uh, he had a pretty good putting week last week. That's something that's been kind of bad this week or this year in total. So there's, I mean, he's definitely a little bit risky just because of that can crashing down the earth, but I mean, I love my ball striking numbers, so he's you know he's right up there too. And then Ryan Palmer, a guy we mentioned earlier, has just been on fire lately. Both the ball striking, um, you know, he's gained 1.1 strokes per round off the team with his approach shots. He's scrambling pretty well. Um, there is a little bit of cause for concern. He hit his irons great last week. That's never a good sign coming, you know, 
roll into the next week, especially if you're really chalky play. He also has some putting regression concerns, but overall, as far as there really isn't a whole lot of safe options in this tier, but I guess those would be the two safest just because like, I know I can rely on their ball striking. Uh, yeah, so listen, I'm I'm in with you on Palmer. Uh, I'm actually I I want to fade Henley just because he's chalky, and in my experience, whenever I jump on a guy who is in this price range that is chalky, they just come out and kick me in the face, and so I just could be gun shy. Henley definitely should be chalky for a reason, but I, is he your big scorer? Like he's, I feel like he's not a birdie guy. Yeah. I feel like he's not, I feel like he's all, he's a grinder. Like he's a parkour guy. Well, he's not a birdie. I mean, he used to be a birdie guy, right? Well, he's not a birdie guy. Cause he's so bad with the putter. He can't make any putts. Right. It's just that he continually puts himself in good position to make birdies. And recently it's actually heated up. That's why you've seen him have better finishes. Right. Um, but he is coming off. He had a really good finish at the Wyndham with a good putting week and a good ball striking week had a good finish last week with a good putting week and a ball striking week. So yeah, I mean like, listen, I don't feel great about it, right. but if you, if, if, but if, if you're put, if you're putting a gun in my head, like I look, those at, are the top. All right. Yeah. Those are the two, just because I know that at least to the green, I can rely on the guy. Okay. And then uh, look, Kokrak, what made an Eagle to get in uh, for the week. And uh, I, I don't know if you really like, got dude. I used to love playing Kokrak, man. Fucking that dude. <laughs> Like that dude was my my kryptonite. Like it looked so good on paper, and he played well for a while. He's just gonna have to finish out. I think he's gonna be chalky. Uh, people are talking about Cameron Champ. You mentioned that he uh, won an amateur tournament here, so he might be chalky at seventy five hundred too. You got any thoughts on those guys? I don't know about that, just because Champ played pretty bad last week, and he kind of. I mean, he was right there at the PGA Championship, but I think you know he had a little bit of hype last week, and he faded away. I mean, I I, I look at a, about four guys in this tier that. I think they're good GPP plays just because I know they're long hitters off the tee and that's going to be an advantage this week. Um, I don't know. I, I think maybe their ownership is going to be maybe relatively high for this tier, but I don't think it's going to be too crazy just because I think a, a lot of, you know, ownership is going to go to the $8,000 range, you know, and above yeah. and maybe some stuff in the $6,000 range. People dumpster dive. Oh baby. You know, yeah. I'm dumpster diving labor, <laughs> but I mean, it's a no cut event. So you can take some risks here. These are boom bust guys. So like I look at somebody like a Bubba Watson, yeah. long off the tee, good ball striking numbers. Putting has been hit or miss. You know he's a type of guy who at least I know he's going to take all the bunkers out of play. I could see using him. Jason Kokrak, like you mentioned, long hitter, good ball striking numbers. Really comes down to how he puts. You know Cameron Champ, pretty much all his numbers kind of stink, but he. I know he can bomb and gouge the golf course like Bryson and then Corey Connors, again, another guy, great ball striking, bad putting. So I'm willing to throw these guys in some GPP lineups just because I see the upside. I see how much driving distance is going to have a big advantage this week. So I'm willing to use them. And I think actually in this range, I think there's going to be so much ownership on Henley and Palmer that all those maybe guys the ownership super alone. Yeah. So maybe the ownership on like those type, you know, those type of guys aren't as high as what you think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you're right. I, like, I don't think, I don't think Connors or champ are going to be owned. And even with Bubba playing well, um, I feel like the yellow ball turns people off to his ownership possibly. Um, they, so there's only one other guy I want to talk about in this range. Uh, tell me a little bit about Hubbard. I got kind of uh, kind of a hat on for this guy this week and I don't know why. So I'm going to need you to either talk me on him or talk me off him. Well, I mean, I really like him overall as a player. Like his ball striking numbers look pretty good. Like he's, he's been very solid, but 
kind of like with Kisner, I don't know if this is a good golf course fit for him. Cause I mean, he's really tall, but he's, he doesn't have any pop off the tee. He's really short. So I think he's like 160th in driving distance uh, this year. Uh, a lot of those fairway bunkers are going to come into play. He's going to really need to hit the ball straight. Like he's the type of guy that once, once we get into the fall season, like in the Mayakoba or like the Safeway or like right. all those garbage tournaments that really are just for degenerates. He's going to be a type of guy. Hey, hey listen, really listen, like. that's our family, sir. That's our family. There's, there's no, uh, there's no disparaging degenerates. I didn't disparage. It's, it's out of love. I, I'm just, I'm just saying the truth. It's for us. That's it but, is for us. And literally only us. <laughs> but I mean, I, I worry this week that it's just not going to go well from off the tee and he just can't get anything going, but um, you know, maybe, maybe put him on the shelf this week and then bust him out maybe in a couple of weeks uh, when they go out to Napa. All right. All right. He's seven K. I'm going to throw him in one just to see the, um, all right. Anybody else you want to hit on real quick in the, uh, in the set, in the seven K range before we move on to the real dumpster dive. I mean, I, I think just a couple other guys I just want to highlight just because I mean, there's some really popular names in here. that are just really badly like Gary Woodland's down here and played like shit last week. Uh, well, he's been playing like crap for a while now, like, apparently tipping the, uh, the blackjack dealer didn't help him at all. It did not. The good vibes did not help Gary Woodland in Boston. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, like the, like I, again, kind of look at Paul Casey. I like the idea of Gary Woodland here, but just the performance on paper just is not there. So I, I, I can't use them. Abraham answer is completely falling off a cliff. He was a darling for everybody oh, up until I, I, I like he was popular last week and I, I couldn't, uh, I didn't really know why. Cause the, the, cause the results on paper ever since the, uh, about the RBC heritage hasn't really justified it. So, I mean, he's falling off a cliff. Sung Jay fell off a cliff again. I mean, he had a pretty good, I mean, to be fair, two. he wasn't, he didn't fall off a cliff. He was, he was hanging onto that branch, like the Looney Tunes branch already beneath the cliff. And he somehow got that branch the week before, like he was that, already off the fucking cliff. That's true. I mean, he did have a good round two before he got cut, but I mean, it's, that's a tricky one. Mark Leishman. What the hell happened to him? Seriously. I mean, he, I mean, I mean, he won me some money at Torrey Pines. I'm, I mean, thank you very much, but he's been, he's been one of the worst golfers I've tracked since the restart. It just, been, nothing's going right for him. And then, and then beans, poor Joaquin beans, we should play him this week. <laughs> I mean, if you want to play him, go right ahead. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't advise anybody to do that either. <laughs> and, and, and then Joaquin Neiman, I mean, like he, I guess you might be able to throw him in one of these boom bust guys just because the ball striking is really good, but he is dreadful on around the greens. He's losing a sh- 1.4 strokes on and around the And if the greens are small, oh, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll pass. I, yeah. I, I give myself enough stress with guys. I like Never mind guys who I don't even like that much and throw in my fucking lineup. No. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So uh, dumpster diving is, uh, is definitely coming. But before I talk to you about the dumpster dive, uh, have you ever thought about starting your own sports book, but don't know how ace per head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with all inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and waiter wagers graded immediately. They have top notch customer support going 24 seven and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus ace per head offers live betting and amazing mobile experience. Get started today and ace is offering up to six weeks free. Uh, go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. All right. Dumpster diving time, baby. All right. No, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this. Just, uh, does, is there anybody you like under here? I mean, there, there's not as many guys that I like as last week. Last week, there was a lot of guys in this range. I like this week. I'm definitely a little more lukewarm. Um, I mean, a guy I liked last week, we were kind of just pointed was Lanto Griffin. Um, he, I think he had, he started out pretty well, but he definitely faded on the weekend. I like him here just because he is a bomb and gouge. 
type of guy where, you know, his length off the tee can be an advantage. He might be someone I might be coming back to this week. Brendan Steele, um, you know, he's at the length off the tee, really good ball striker. Uh, I liked him last week, kind of disappointed again. I think he might be able to bounce back this week. And then Adam Long, like he's been a guy I've been using a lot lately. He's been pretty good for the most part, and he's only 6,300 bucks, and he's got a pretty good balance off the tee and, you know, on and around the greens. I like kind of his all around game. And I mean, he's so super cheap that. I don't really understand, like compared to some of the other guys that are valued ahead of him, like mm-hmm. why he's that low. He hasn't really done anything in order to warrant that. So I, he, he's a guy like if you really want to dumpster, dumpster dive. All right, I, I'm with you. Um, I like Gooch. Uh, he looked good over the weekend. Plus, his name's fun to say. Like, what a fun guy to root for. Come on, Gooch. Um, and uh, so I really like Joel Diamond this week. I am a hundred percent on him. Uh, and one of the reasons why is and I'll get into that with my, like the, the he's my D gen special that we'll talk about a little later, but the betting markets have him so much different than where he's priced at in DFS. So there's value there at a guy that's priced at that point that opens up some of the, some of the stars and scrub lineup that you can do. Um, I mean, he missed the cut last week, but he clearly went out and played the cash game with somebody locally in Boston. Um, so he's still shot, um, you know, but uh, and the guy's been so good and he's right in that range that we were talking about. He's, he's in that area where if he has a good finish, he can bump into that top 30. Um, so I feel like the motivation will be for obviously everybody's going to be motivated to make money, but I like diamond this week. Um, I've been, I've been uh, hitting my, hitting my scrubs pretty well. And uh, so that's my, that's my guy this week. Well, I mean, he has been, well, here's the thing. So Steve, you're going to break my heart, aren't you? I'm not going to still gonna break your heart. I, I agree. I think in a GPP, I think he's great just because he has really high upside. He finished T 10 at the PGA finished T 20 at the FedEx. The problem is there is massive downside. He has had awful performances in his recent form too. I mean, most of it came in Murphy village. He was really bad. He was actually pretty bad last week at TP TBC Boston too. So, so I mean, he's another guy too, that doesn't have a whole lot of distance off the tee. Uh, he's, I think he's like 125th in driving distance. So that's not gonna be great for him, but I can see your angle with a GPP just because he has high upside. And I, as far as why he's not really price, like there's a discrepancy between his DraftKings price and maybe his betting price. I mean, maybe there, because there was a little bit of a buzz that he had with that cash game. He had played with Nick Taylor, uh, by yeah. the way, against a yeah. couple of, um, uh, like uh, scratch golfers, yeah. Um, and uh, I forget where they played, but and anyway, so I think that might be a reason why maybe his price is a little higher this week, maybe. just because just because of that. But I mean, I I don't fault you for like him just because there is that that's big ceiling, and we've seen it from him. Yeah, let's go big ceiling. That's that's what we need, especially in this. All right, so uh, give me uh, give me your GPP plays. I mean, now we kind of beat everything up here a little bit, uh, but you know, to just uh, for everybody, just give the GPP plays at the end, uh, and you can give your cash plays. I don't do cash, and I'll give my GPPs and move on to the betting segment. All right, well, I mean, right at the top there, um, over ten thousand. I I I love Bryson this week. I, I'm back on him. Uh, I'm sorry I shorted you last week. I'll buy low on him this week, but <laughs> I, I I think he can really bomb a gouge this golf course. He's somebody I like, and and I and I look at some of the other ten thousand dollar guys. I think he's had one of the lower ownerships. Um, Scotty Scheffler, I think his ownership is going to be probably around you know mid mid teens, but just looking at some of their guys in nine thousand dollar range. He's probably going to be the fourth most owned. Like, I think Berger's going to have a higher ownership. I think Morikawa's going to have a higher ownership. Zammer's going to have a higher ownership. So, if there's, and I, and I think Scheffler, 
just has a huge ceiling. We saw it last week and I think, I think a win is going to come soon. So he has winning upside and that's important in GPP. So I like him. Same thing with Matthew Wolf. Again, he's going to be a little more chalkier, but like I referenced before, he has a massive ceiling. I'm not going to punish him for one bad round. He's someone I want to get in there at 8200s because I know I, I, I'm pretty, I know he has a win or a second in him just based on how he's playing out. And then can champ just because I, I don't think his ownership is going to be that high. He's someone who is boom bust already because he's a lot like Bryson. He's so good off the tee. And then if he puts well, he's going to have a big ceiling. So I'm willing to take a chance on him in a GPP just because I, he, it's he a GPP fits. baby. It's, 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 why not? Well, exactly. Yeah. And he fits a prototype of a bomb and gouger. I'm looking yeah. for it. And he's the best one in that, in that price range. range. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I like all those picks. So uh, from me, GPP, uh, I'm actually going JT because I think um, I think he'll be sub 10% again. Um, I love Bryson as well. Same thing. It's going to be tough to jam those two in uh, together. You can do it because uh, I've done it, <laughs> um, but it, it's kind of ugly at that point. But I think JT, JT is my biggest play at that point. Um, but I really like it. We didn't even talk about him. Adam Scott. Um, he's just, he's sneaky. He's just sneaky. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's playing pretty well, even if there, and there's a bunch of green side markers around here too. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're mostly out in front. Um, yeah. I didn't get a chance to talk about him earlier, but he's a guy yeah. I like this week just because I like, he, he fits the motive. I know he's going to hit the ball straight. I know he's good. Yeah. Player. And he's going to be super low owned yeah. and he's right there and he can make that FedEx 30. Um, and I, and so and once again, I love diamond. That's my, uh, that's my DJ special uh, before we won't even have to do it. That's my DJ special. We kind of talked about it already. Um, don't bet him. Um, you might be able to bet him as a first round leader, uh, but uh, he's that type of guy who can go low, who is completely over his head and might have a good tea time. Um, and yeah, I, I think diamond is that, and I love Hubbard for my GPP play. I don't think anybody's going to be on him. He's seven K. He opens up those bigger guys where you can get maybe two 10 K plays plus an eight K and then, you know, low seven K's and below. And you got yourself a real stars and scrubs lineup. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at for that. Who do you like for cash? Well, I mean, I, I'm actually gonna use Justin Thomas in cash just because oh, okay. I think the, the floor is really high. I know the ball striking is going to be there. And I mean, even if he only finishes like T15, that's not going to hurt you no, in cash. No, because you just got to finish in top 50%. So at, at least I know T to green is going to be there. So I think he's very safe. I mean, Daniel Berger, I'm going to continue to use him until he proves me wrong. Everything is great about him. He's going to have 50% ownership in the cash games. I don't really care. He's just been producing. Um, I'm going to go with Tony Finau. I think he's going to bounce back a lot this week. I think he's really safe. I think the golf course sets up really well for him. I think he's going to have a nice uh, bounce back with the, uh, with his putter. And then I guess, I mean, oh man, I hate that. I'm going to go Russell Henley for a cash play just, but the ball striking numbers just, it, it pulls me in. I know that he could fall off a cliff with the putter, but just of anyone in that range, it's a gross range. He feels the safest. Hey, listen, cash is cash, right? So, I mean, you're going to take, you're, you're taking your safest play. You're taking your data right. and you're just trying to, you, you, all you need to do. And, and when we talk about cash, what I'm talking about is like 50, 50 double ups, things like that. Um, I don't know anybody who does a ton of head to heads, like we do in football, like, you know, spreading your um, risk out and doing, you know, 50 head to heads versus one 50, 50. Um, but so yeah, 50, 50 is like, yeah, why not? Right. Um, I mean, that makes sense. All right. So before we uh, get into the betting segment, 
in the big short. Listen, do not forget to sign up for the free roll football contest where we're giving away up to $5,000 to the best NFL handicappers this season. You can sign up for free today at sports gambling podcast.com slash contest. That's sports gambling podcast.com slash contest. All right. So I see if you get in on that, right? Yeah, of course I am. I mean, I, I love football too, even though my giants have treated me like I like garbage for the last four years, but well, uh, yeah, I mean, I listen, I will definitely be getting in the free roll. Yeah. Me as well. Me as well. The, uh, the new look Patriots this year. I don't know. And, and I just want for the record, the third period just started. I watched the entire second period. And I didn't scream once while recording this podcast. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and pat myself on the back before we go ahead and pat ourselves on the back for the next winning bets that we're about to put in. All right. Give me uh give what do you, you want to start with uh, outrights. You want to start up with matchups. Why don't we start with outrights? Cause I, I mean, I have a pretty short list this week yeah, because me too. Me too. yeah, I, 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 I think the field is really cut down this week as far as who can actually play. So, I mean, uh, right at the top there. I mean, I, we talked about how much we liked Justin Thomas this week. Um, I'm not as crazy about him DraftKings just because I've lured. I'm, there's some red flags, but if you tell me I can get 14 to one on Justin Thomas to win a golf tournament, I mean, I'm going to take it just because I know what his ceiling is. So I'm going to, you know, I like that. Bryson is also 14 to one. I think it might be a little bit of a blessing. He did so bad last week. Now we get him a little lower and he's at a golf course where I think he can really pick apart. Uh, I like him too. I don't love that Daniel Berger's 22 to one, but just like everything about him, like is so good right now. And I like, he's just firing all cylinders. I, I can't get away from it. So I like him too. And then Scotty Scheffler, 35 to one, like, I'm not really sure what more he needs to do. We made all these arguments with Colin Morikawa about a month ago, how, Oh, can he really win with the big boys? He ended up winning. We're not talking about that anymore. I think Scheffler is going to, you know, you know, breakthrough at some point. And then Matthew Wolf, like it's not the 70 to one price. I got him last week, but 40 to one's pretty good. He fits. He checks a lot of boxes for me this week. So I I'm going to go with those five at first and then probably see how the tournament goes at the round one. And maybe, you know, yeah. look to maybe play some uh, live bets, live bets. So I have uh literally uh, four of the five that you got. The only one I'm switching out at 22 to one is I'm taking Maury instead of burger. That's it. Um, I like JT love Bryson, uh, Scotty Scheffler too. Um, and Wolf. Uh, so I think I'm actually going to have to uh, go dick around my uh, DK lineups and uh, maybe put a little more Scheffler in there. And uh, since you're so high on them, man, and I'll blame you if we lose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, as far as matchup props, what do you like for matchup props? Well, I mean, I, I'm looking at one and Tony Fino is an underdog to Patrick Cantlay. Now we didn't talk about him earlier in the $8,000 range, but I don't understand why Patrick Cantlay is still $8,900. Other than the fact his name is Patrick Cantlay. That's the only there is, there is absolutely nothing about his current form right now that suggests he should be anywhere near that price, let alone a favorite over Tony Finau, who has shown much higher upside and much more consistency than Patrick Cantley has. Like, yeah, Finau missed the cut last week. Well, so did Cantley too. And Finau has been so much better than Cantley. I mean, I, I just, I don't understand that line at all. So I'm going to jump on Tony Finau to beat him outright at plus one Oh five. Uh, if you want to get strokes, he, cause he's getting a stroke and a half on Cantley too. You can get that minus minus one thirty-five. That's not that bad too. But I mean that, that one jumped right out at me uh, when I was looking at the matchups on my bookie uh, this week. Well, you took that bet. That was my first one. So, uh, okay. all right, move on. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, the next one is uh, we, it, it's, it makes me nervous to talk about 
um, you know, a boom bust guy like Bob Watson back about a matchup, but I mean, he's, he's probably against Mark Leishman this week. I have to just out of principle, just because Mark Leishman has been so bad. I, I don't see anything in his form that suggests a turnaround is coming this way. Uh, you can get him at minus one twenty straight up against him, and then the the last one is. Uh, so we had a question. This, we we opened up to the Slack channel earlier about you know some head to head matches we like you know, and uh, Zach Bronner, our great NBA guru, he typically likes to bet matchups with the favorites. So he asked, "What well, what was my favorite?" Well, I found one. It's, it pairs Bryson against John Rahm. Now, I mean, on paper, it's pretty evenly matched, but Bryson is plus 145 against John Rahm. John Rahm's minus 165 straight up against him. That's that's a little too steep. I mean, like, I mean, especially because I really like Bryson this week. And honestly, they're kind of the same type of player. Like, they're both really good off the tee. They both are kind of struggling with their irons a little bit. And they both kind of their their success in the tournament depends on their putter. So I can get almost plus 150 with Bryson straight up against a guy. I think they're both, you know, on even playing field. I kind of like that. Yeah. That's where the value's at. So, uh, yeah, speaking. So when he talked about like the, the upper tier head to heads, so DJ at plus one and a half versus Ron slight juice minus one thirty, like a shot and a half. That's wow. what I liked. Yeah. I like DJ getting a stroke and a half against Ron, like, especially coming off what he did. Uh, I mean, I just feel like, it could be a sucker bet, but uh, at the same point, man, dude, that's a, man, that's slight juice, man. 30, 130. Yeah. Give it, get, getting a shot and a half with against anybody with Dustin after last week's performance and knowing what he can do when he's on and that flat stick looks real fucking good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, over the last four tournaments, they're even basically. They're both yeah. gaining about 2.1 strokes per round uh, yeah. total. So, yeah, value you're still a shot there. and a half. Yeah, value is still that's there. That's pretty a value. Right. Oh, and so and so before we go down a little uh, matchup props, we did uh, we did have a couple questions um, in the Slack channel about first round leader bets and what we like to look for. Um, we kind of touched on a little bit, but maybe go into a little more detail. What do you? What's your favorite thing to look for for first round leader bets, and, and how do you do it? Well, I mean, it's you kind of kind of think about how do guys win golf tournaments. So really, at the end of the day, you got to set yourself up for good birdie positions, and then you got to be able to make the putt. And usually the big determining factor is that is really good iron play. If you're getting close to the hole and then if you're making the putts, so for first round leaders, you know, typically you, sometimes you want to look at the, at the waves, you know, where the tee times are generally, I like shading towards the morning tee time, just because there's not as many spike marks on the greens, you know, they might roll a little slower too before they firm up in the afternoon. Um, there might be a little more receptive as well. So first round leader. I generally like to shade the guys in the morning. And then I try to look at guys who are really good with their irons and good at putters. So what I am doing for a couple guys in the slack was I compiled a list of the top guys with their irons and putting combined over the last four tournaments. So, you know, guys that kind of pop up in this list, Kevin Kisner, he's gained 2.25 strokes per round with his irons and putting over his last four tournaments. Our boy Harris English, you know, he's been really good with his irons, really hot with the putter. He's a first round leader contender. Dustin Johnson's been great with his irons and putter. I mean, most of has kind of come with last tournament, but momentum ca- carries forward in the FedEx Cup playoffs. He's an our candidate too. Um, a couple other guys who maybe are a little bit under the radar. Taylor Gooch. Gooch, really, baby. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I love Gooch this week too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's been really good with his irons. He's wrote a hot putter. He's had some good performance, you know. Lately, he could be a nice, you know, sleeper first round leader. Um, Matthew Fitzpatrick, I don't love him overall, but he's got such a good putter that, you know, if he just gets 
average ball striking. He can just get really hot with a putter. He's a guy that maybe you want to target this week. And Kevin, not, I mean, like sometimes we forget about him, but he's one of the best putters on tour and his ball striking has actually been decent lately. So he ranks highly in this list. So, um, that would be about the general. That's about the general approach I take with first round leaders is look for guys in the morning and guys who I know have pretty good iron play and can get how the putter. And so, I I mean, listen, uh, I a hundred percent agree with all that. And then for me, literally it's that. And then I look for somebody with long ons because it's the first round leader, right? How hot is it to go tape to tape? You know what I mean? In a PGA tournament, you got to look for somebody with a little long odds, make it fun for you. Uh, grab somebody who, you know, might be local. It might be, you know what I mean? Like weird little, weird little idiosyncrasies that, that might not make sense. Like a uh, Harold Vonner at his local course or uh, uh, sorry, hockey. Um, but you know what I mean? Like so, some, some local stuff that, you know, anything that can give you an edge, he played there at college. He did this, or he did that. He's going to be comfortable with force when he comes out. Um, but the main things are exactly what you talked about. And plus I just like playing long odds. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much variance with golf round around that you probably want to shoot for you generally want to avoid the favorites just because I mean, over the long haul, they're going to rise, they're gonna the win, but maybe not the first round. Exactly. But just for one round. I mean, if you look at like it's like how you look at like those OWGC match play events with the 64, you know, golfer bracket. Like you saw like the 63rd ranked player beat the, like the fourth ranked player. Like it just weird stuff happens in a round. So yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, a place where you want to take, you know, some chances with some longer shots. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, listen, uh, we went over some of them. Uh, I think we got most of them done. You got any other matchup props you'd like to get before uh, you get to the big show out there, brother? Well, I mean, one other one I, I, I like is, and, and I talked about him earlier just because I think it might be a little unfair to bury this guy already, but I can get Daniel Berger, who is, I trust a lot more and who has been just better over the long haul at minus one and a half strokes over Jason day. Now I, I think Jason day, I think his odds of being the top 20 is like plus 125 plus 150 just with a short field and with the fact that I've seen it recently I think there's some value there but in the event I'm wrong I know Berger is probably going to finish in the top 20 so that'll probably cash right there and even if Jason Day finishes like T15 I mean Berger still beat him by more than a shot anyway so um if you don't want to pay for minus one and a half strokes you can get him I think at like minus 140 I still like that too so uh that's one that's another matchup that I really like this week yeah. Once again, like I said last week, juice only matters if we lose baby. And that's the only thing that matters. Um, all right. So who's the big short this week, man? Who we short? I mean, this, this is, uh, you know, pretty dramatic coming off my big short of Bryson this week, you know, trying to figure out who you know, the yeah, next game yeah, is going to be juice to fill. Let's go do it again. So there's one guy I purposely hasn't talked about. And it's a guy that it seems like I always talk about whether on this podcast, whether in my columns and I would be a hypocrite if I came on this podcast and I ripped Bryson DeChambeau last week for getting away with just great numbers driving and bad iron play and then trying to make it up some other way in order to kind of like fake it around the golf course. And that's my boy Xander Schauffele. And he's been someone I've thrown a lot of outright win tickets on over the past year. You know, I, I, you know, I, I've thrown in matchups to, you know, various success, but he just, I've seen his price start at like for outrights, you know, start at like 30 to one and it gets bet up to like 20, 
then the next week it'll be like 25 to one. It'll get that up to like 18. The books start them off at 18 to one this week. Now, probably some of that has to do with the fact that they just don't want that liability right off the bat. You know, they kind of want, maybe they just want to discourage people to get off him, but he hasn't really done anything with it anyways. And if you look at his numbers over his last four tournaments, he's gained, basically it's, it's exactly, it's almost like what Bryson has done. He's gained a full stroke per round off the tee. He's been basically dead average with his irons. He's gaining, he's, he's actually losing 0.03 per round with his irons. And he's not putting very well. He's only gained 0.08. Now we're saving him is that he's gaining about three quarters of a stroke per round scrambling. Now, if I'm looking at these events, these FedEx cup events where basically they want to have birdies. If you're spending all your time off the green scrambling, what are you not doing? You're not making getting birdies. birdies. <laughs> you're making a lot of pars and you're making probably like a lot of top twenties. And I think that's, what's been tricking me the fact that like, the ball strike on paper, he looks awesome. It looks great. It looks like a win is coming. But if you look at like where the strokes are actually coming from, I just, I, I, I think it's time for me to step, take a step back. I'm not shorting him as hard as I did Bryson last week. Last week, I just wanted to prove it. Listen, no, no half steps on this podcast, sir. If you're shorting somebody, you are shorting somebody. That's it. Listen, I'm shorting him <laughs> in the fact that he's not winning. You should not bet him an 18-1 win. I don't think you should use him in DraftKings because I don't see the upside. Oh. I mean, I, I mean, I, and in a matchup prop, like where are you using him? Like, I guess I could, I could see the only place you want to use it is like a top 20, but I, th- I think you're paying like minus money for it too. It's just, I, I don't see how I don't see the good ways to make money off him. And I, and I hear him every week, myself included, I am fully guilty. Just pushing this Xander narrative every week saying, oh, he's going to win. He's so good. Maybe at these type of tournaments that like are at soft golf courses with the really rocket, low scores. Rocket, rocket mortgage classic. Yeah. Like <laughs> maybe those aren't for him. Maybe like the reason why we have this such high expectation for Xander is because when he gets to the hardcore golf courses well. where par matters, he's great. That's where you want to use him. But for this week, I I'm taking a step back. I can't do it anymore. If this is my way of mushing him and he ends up winning. So God, God, God forbid. <laughs> I mean, I, how many 12 step programs are you in now? You got the Matsuyama one. You got the Xander one. Well, uh, Hideki's on Tuesdays. Uh, Kepka's <laughs> is on uh, Thursdays. Uh, listen, me- I am not out on Kepka yet. I'm not out. I listen. I have control of my addiction, sir. It is fine. I do not <laughs> need to go to meetings. Uh, I, I think you're not on you're you're only on step one then. No, no steps, yeah. no steps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, listen, man. Uh, great info as fucking always. Don't forget to follow us, uh, me on Twitter, uh, Boston underscore Capper. Uh, you could definitely go join Slack, man. Lots of good information, not just with golf, but uh, basketball, DFS, football, especially with football rolling in. Listen, we know everybody's getting focused on football, but there's still we got majors around the corner, the U.S. Open right around the corner. Um, lots of good info coming out. Um, you know, subscribe, rate, and make sure you guys review. Man, God fucking damn it! The Tampa Bay just scored three two. Anyway, subscribe, rate, review. Make sure it's good. Uh, if you want us to keep doing it, and then hit us up in the Slack, man. What you guys want to hear? Like we asked some guys tonight, uh, what you're interested in hearing about, man. And we'll try to hit it up on the podcast. Um, and uh, and make sure that you guys are happy. But uh, yeah, other than that, man. Like I said last week, man. Green screens. Let's go. Yeah.